Welcome to La Raza Chronicles. Bienvenidos a Crónicas de la Raza. On tonight's program, we feature important arte and activism that is working to tell the stories behind the headlines. We speak with two incredibly brave and dedicated activists from Honduras who are here on a speaking tour to raise awareness around the environmental destruction occurring at this very moment in Honduras as a result of harmful mining and extraction being led by multinational companies. We talk to them about how their village and neighbors are being impacted and their own experiences being jailed and harassed as they took part in a months-long occupation to stop the mining. They speak to us about the many political prisoners still being held for opposing the contamination of their river, their source of water and food. We also feature the words of former poet laureate Rafael Jesus Gonzalez in honor of Indigenous Peoples Day earlier this month. All this and more. Gracias por sintonizar. Bienvenidos a Crónicas de la Raza. Welcome to La Raza Chronicles. I'm Julieta Cusnit, and we are very lucky today to have some really important people in the house. We have... Juana Zungia, who is a defender of life. She's a member of the Environment Committee of Guapinol and part of the Committee for the Defense of the Common Public Good in Tocoa, Colón. She is from Honduras, and she is here with us to talk about the organizing they've been doing against a mining project. And in 2018, she was part of an 88-day encampment in order to stop the mining investment company Los Piñares from taking over Guapinol River. And we also have here in studio with us Juan Lopez, who's the coordinator for the Committee for the Defense of the Common Public Good for the Municipality of Tocoa in Honduras. He's a human rights defender of Maya Chorti origin, and he is focused on the search for truth and justice, denouncing the coup, the continuation of the legal presidency, and electoral fraud. He's been working on these issues for over 20 years, and we are very honored to have them both here in our studios. We also have Jason Wallach, who will be providing some interpretation for us. So thank you very much, Jason. Primero, muchísimas gracias a ustedes dos por estar aquí para compartir el trabajo tan importante que están haciendo. Thank you so much, both of you, for being here, for sharing the very important work you are doing. So Juan, you have really been working on this issue, um, looking at the the many ways that this illegal presidency and electoral fraud has been impacting people working to address the environmental issues and also the human rights issues in their country. Could you give us a little context of what's been happening in Honduras along these fights? Juan, ¿te has dedicado tu trabajo a la lucha contra el fraude electoral, la, la presidencia que ha sido ilegal y todo el impacto que ha tenido en la gente de Honduras que ha estado luchando en contra de estos ataques entre, en el medio ambiente y en la gente que ha estado haciendo todo lo posible para vivir en una manera digna. ¿Puedes, por favor, darnos un poco de contexto en lo que ha estado pasando um, en estos últimos años en Honduras? Muchas gracias y es un placer compartir nuestra experiencia de, de lucha en, en Honduras eh, con la audiencia de este importante medio de comunicación radial en los Estados Unidos. Eh, no solo antes de las elecciones de 2017, sino desde hace muchos años, 
eh, estamos en trabajos sociales, políticos, en beneficio de la soberanía nacional. Thanks. It's really been a, it's a pleasure to be able to share this information with your radio listeners. Um, we're basically talking about um, not just since the 2017 elections, but before that, we've been involved in a large struggle over the national sovereignty of Honduras. Para nosotros eh, hay una un momento de especie de parteaguas en la historia de nacional a partir de el 28 de junio de 2009 con el golpe de estado contra el expresidente eh, Zelaya. And we've basically been, uh, we had a constitutional break that began on the 28th of June of 2009 when the former president Zelaya was deposed from our country. Fue un golpe de estado en el que conspiraron fuertes eh, instituciones nacionales como las Fuerzas Armadas de Honduras, eh, el sector empresarial más conservador del país, eh, el sector más conservador de la Iglesia Católica y de las iglesias evangélicas. And at that time, uh, when Zelaya was taken from us, uh, it was a coup d'etat. And it was a coup d'etat that was organized in conjunction between the armed forces, the um, mercantile class, the Catholic Church, and the evangelical churches, the various evangelical churches that exist within Honduras. Y una conspiración orquestada, eh, apoyada decididamente por el Departamento de Estado de los Estados Unidos. And it was a conspiracy that, with, uh, together with the groups aforementioned, were also supported by the Department of State of the United States. A partir de ahí, las condiciones económicas, políticas, sociales, ambientales y de derechos sociales en el país han caído en la mayor degradación eh, que pesa sobre la sociedad hondureña. And apart from that time, the, eco the ecology, the social, the social uh, situation, the political rights, the environmental rights, the human rights of everyone here um, in Honduras has really deteriorated. That. Las instituciones del Estado hondureño, partiendo desde los tres poderes del Estado, el Congreso Nacional, la Corte Suprema de Justicia, y el poder ejecutivo conspiran en la misma dirección, constituyendo una estructura de dominación eh, que da paso a una dictadura en el país. And since then, the major three institutions that govern our country, the Congress, the Supreme Court, and the Presidency, have uh, orchestrated a, a domination over everyday people. Es una institucionalidad que está para la protección de los grandes intereses empresariales, nacionales y transnacionales. Honduras es un país ocupado 
por las transnacionales y apoyado por fuerzas militares y mediáticas transnacionales. And all of this was to project the big corporations, both within Honduras and internationally. Uh, we can say that Honduras is a country occupied by international capital and the militaries that do its bidding. El resultado de esta situación planificada tiene que ver con el empobrecimiento de la sociedad hondureña. Nos asustan los datos de la Comisión Económica para América Latina cuando habla de que el 68% de la sociedad hondureña vivimos en la pobreza, pero el 44% vive en la miseria. Um, and the result of all this is poverty. Um, the latest data that we have from the Latin American institutions show us that 68% of Hondurans live in poverty. Um, and of that, 44% live within extreme poverty. No podríamos buscar otra explicación para el origen de las caravanas de migrantes, de hermanas y hermanos nuestros que salen, no porque quieren salir del país, es que salen huyendo de la miseria y de la pobreza extrema en que el Estado hondureño bajo el régimen actual nos ha llevado. So there's obviously no other explanation other than poverty, extreme poverty, to explain the recent caravans of migrants that have come to the United States. These are folks who are fleeing these uh, conditions of extreme poverty. El país se ha convertido en un territorio para la gran inversión nacional y transnacional. De hecho, se calculan, porque eso se está moviendo todos los días, que hay 864 proyectos mineros solicitados al Estado hondureño y hay 271 entregados en el país. So the country at this point is simply a petri dish for the projects of transnational mining companies. Uh, out of 874 projects that have been proposed, 271 mining projects have been approved by the government. La mayoría de esos proyectos minero extractivos están ubicados en zonas protegidas, incluso zonas con categoría de parques nacionales donde se produce la mayor carga hídrica que alimenta de agua al país. And the majority of these uh, mining projects are actually in protected zones, ecologically protected zones uh, in national parks. These are the spaces where the, uh, the natural flow of water originates for our, our people. En este momento, la resistencia popular, nacional, si bien ha tenido un auge en torno a la defensa del, del sistema de salud y de educación pública, pero tiene mayor concentración en la defensa de los territorios, en la defensa del agua, en la defensa de los ríos, tanto en el sur del país como en el norte, en el occidente, en el centro del país y en la zona nor nororiental de donde venimos nosotros y que venimos también de un proceso 
en marcha en defensa del agua y del río Guapinol y del río San Pedro. And so if if we were to define the nature of the popular resistance in Honduras right now, we would have to take into account the the resistance uh, to defend the healthcare, access to healthcare and education, but also a very significant portion of the resistance in Honduras, especially all over the country from the south to the north to the center part up into the northwest where we are located, so many people are dedicated right now to the defense of water. Um, and we're speaking specifically of the Rio Guapinol, the Guapinol River, and the San Pedro River. Frente a estos concesionamientos de los territorios y de el Parque Nacional Montaña Botaderos Carlos Alfonso Escalera Mejía en el municipio de Tocoa, como otros movimientos en el país, hemos protestado. Y la protesta es un derecho constitucional en Honduras, como en otras constituciones está contemplado. So, to confront these mining concessions that have been granted by the government, especially the Carlos Alfonso Mejía uh, mining concession, we have protested, we have uh, exercised our constitutional rights to protest these concessions. Esa protesta de las comunidades y de organizaciones sociales, eh, no gubernamentales y de comunidades eclesiales de base ha sido criminalizada, reprimida por las fuerzas policiales y militares del país. And it's simply these protests, the protests that we have launched uh, through non-governmental organizations, religious groupings that come from the grassroots and other groups uh, organized to defend water, we have been criminalized and we have uh, suffered great repression at the hands of the military and the government. El Estado hondureño ha militarizado la seguridad pública y esa militarización está conectada precisamente con el proyecto macroeconómico que representa el actual régimen y tanto el proyecto económico como el proyecto militar en Honduras está apoyado por los Estados Unidos, sobre todo el proyecto militar a través del Comando Sur. And so this, this repression, the Honduran state has organized this repression. They've militarized the entire apparatus of public security. And this militarization is uh, part and parcel of a macroeconomic strategy that um, is also uh, coordinated with corporations and the U.S. State Department through, uh, and the militarization of this is coordinated through the, with the United States military through the Southern Command. En ese contexto, existe la militarización de la región de Laguán para el control de la protesta del campesinado en defensa de la tierra, para el control 
de la protesta de las comunidades garífunas amenazadas por el concesionamiento de sus tierras ancestrales y ahí está la militarización de la comunidad de Guapinol y alrededores que está en defensa del agua. And so in this larger context we can look at the militarization of the Aguan region of Honduras um, and the fact that uh, this militarization is targeted at the Garifuna people's uh, struggle to maintain their ancestral homelands, and it's also targeted at the militarization of the Guapinol region, which uh, now counts with many people who are working to defend the water of their areas. La comunidad de Guapinol, que tiene alrededor de 100 años de estar asentada en ese territorio junto al río Guapinol, como las 14 comunidades del sector San Pedro, con origen en comunidades prehispánicas, y eh, junto al río San Pedro, allí han construido su vida y su cultura. And when we talk about the Guapinol region, we're speaking about the community of Guapinol, which is, you know, has been in its place for more than 100 years right there uh, along the Guapinol River. Um, but we're also talking about 14 other associated communities that have been in that region since pre-Hispanic times, um, you know, spanning the area between the Guapinol River and the San Pedro River. Todas estas comunidades están en alto riesgo por la defensa de su vida, por el concesionamiento de los territorios y lo que significa la explotación minera a cielo abierto en la fuente de los ríos. And all of these communities are living a very at, at extremely high risk for the resistance to these mining concessions that have been granted by the government. And they are simply doing this to defend the sources of the water that they count on to live. Y para concluir, si se puede decir, reconocemos el alto riesgo que representa para las y los luchadores sociales en Honduras el trabajo del Ministerio Público, que levanta requerimientos fiscales, acusando de delitos, de múltiples delitos, a la gente que se levanta en defensa de su vida y su dignidad. And so to conclude, we, we recognize the grand, the great risk that people are taking when they step up to these large corporations and the institutions that back them. Uh, they're being criminalized with multiple crimes and charges um, so, uh, solely for trying to defend their rights and the right, their access to clean water. Thank you so Muchísimas gracias, Juan López, coordinador del de Comité de Defensa de los Bienes Comunes y Naturales del municipio de Tocoa en Honduras. Thank you so much, Juan López, coordinador del Comité de Defensa de los Bienes Comunes y Naturales del municipio de Tocoa. 
He's a longtime human rights defender, and he's been talking to us about the many ways in Honduras people who are how people are being criminalized and under attack for standing up and defending their right to clean water. So I'm going to turn now to Juana Zungia, who is a defender of life, and I'm going to turn to her to talk to her about her experience with this work. Juana, Juan nos ha platicado sobre los ataques y las maneras que la gente ha sido reprimida y que han, cómo han sido criminalizado la gente en Honduras. ¿Nos puedes hablar de tu experiencia? ¿Cómo has vivido esto en tu, en, en tu trabajo? Y cómo es, danos tu experiencia. A través de la lucha que hemos emprendido en marzo del 2018... So through the struggle that we uh, took up starting in March of 2018, seeing that uh, our river had played a huge role in our lives, De un día a otro nos, nos cambió la vida total en nuestra familia y en nuestra comunidad. From one day to the next, our basically overnight, our all of our lives changed. De allí emprendimos una lucha a través del municipio con los diferentes aldeas y sectores del municipio de Tocoa. From there, we organized throughout our region of Tocoa to unite ourselves to to get organized. Donde nuestro río Guapinol fue afectado por siete meses. And the Guapinol Rio was completely changed for at least seven months. Siete meses donde el agua era inservible, en, inservible ya que a través de la apertura de calle de, empre, de la empresa Inversión de los Pinares, el sedimento de esa apertura caía hacia nuestro río. And those were seven months where the water that was coming through the river was completely unusable for us. And it was all due to the concession, the mining concession from the company Los Pinares. The mining company was uh, flushing its sediment down the river to us. Desde ahí emprendimos una lucha de plantones, tomas y hasta lograr tener un campamento por 88 días. And so from there, seeing what, what the river was bringing us, we decided to organize our protests in small protests um, and culminating in a large occupation that lasted 88 days. Donde las comunidades, aldeas, nos dábamos el sostenimiento para mantener esa lucha con las personas que se establecían en el campamento día y noche. And during those 88 days, we had representatives from all the communities and all the small little areas that make up our region um, all come together in one large occupation to launch our protest. Desde ahí se empieza la criminalización, el hostigamiento, la persecución hasta hacia nuestros compañeros líderes y lideresas de la comunidad y del municipio que emprendieron esta lucha a causa 
de nuestro río, de nuestra vida. And that's when the repression against our community leaders and uh, the various people in our area were criminalized, um, all because we were defending our water. Donde resultado de esta lucha, 32 compañeros judicializados y con orden de captura. And as a result of this criminalization, 32 members of our of our organization were charged and um, were given arrest warrants. Donde el primer grupo, 13 de ellos salieron sobre sedimiento definitivo. Luego ahorita en agosto se presentaron nueve compañeros voluntariamente y han sido encarcelados en una cárcel de máxima seguridad. So of the first 32, Fortunately, 13 were released without uh, charges being pressed, although, uh, and then nine were who voluntarily turned themselves in to the judicial warrants uh, were jailed where they remain jailed today. Acusados por los mismos delitos del primer grupo que salieron con sobrecedimiento definitivo y este grupo pues les los da un giro total en nuestras vidas ya que han sido tratados como los peores delincuentes del mundo. And these nine have been jailed in maximum maximum security prison uh, even though they were accused of the same crimes as the first 13 who were released and this has just turned our world upside down um, dealing with supporting our our folks who are in jail. Es lamentable la situación en nuestro país donde no existe la justicia, donde los defensores de derechos humanos cada día son criminalizados, judicializados y otros pues no tienen ese, esa um, libertad de expresar lo que se siente porque es lo que le lleva a esta lucha pues es la muerte. Esa es la realidad que en nuestro país se está viviendo a diario al declararnos defensores de los bienes comunes. And it's very sad that in our country, the people who most step out to defend human rights are the ones who are being charged and criminalized um, and that they're being de denied the, the freedom of expression. And this is a daily occurrence for everyone who's stepping up to defend their rights and speak out. Nos preocupa la situación que viven nuestros compañeros en una cárcel de máxima seguridad. Sabemos el peligro que corren con las personas que ellos se encuentran en ese lugar. Este gobierno pues nos ha puesto como para callarnos, tener estos compañeros ahí. Sabemos que bajo una estructura donde está el poder, donde están estas empresas extra transnacionales, pues nos impide este, defender los, nuestro derecho, defender lo que es los recursos, los bienes naturales. O sea, es un peligro para nosotros emprender estas luchas, ya que sabemos que en nuestro país no existe la justicia. And we're worried about our, 
our family members and our community members um, who are in these maximum security prisons because of who who else they may encounter while they're there. This is the form of the government to make us feel fear and to silence us. Um, and it expresses the, the power that they have over us, um, the power over people who are just simply trying to defend their natural resources. Um, but this is the, the, the risk that, and the danger that we take uh, on a daily basis. Vemos el régimen de Juan Orlando, pues apacar las luchas con los encarcelamientos, con las muertes hacia los defensores de derechos humanos. Pues para nosotros como familiares hemos sentido mucho bajo el gobierno en el que estamos porque nos han quitado las cabezas de nuestros hogares y hemos estado aprovechando cada espacio que nos han permitido, cada espacio que nos brindan para pedir que se haga justicia con nuestros compañeros, exigiendo la libertad de cada uno de ellos, porque sabemos que son personas comprometidas hacia la comunidad que cuyo delito es gritar en defensa y protesta de nuestro río Guapinol y río San Pedro, que son hasta ahorita los más afectados por esta empresa Inversión en los Pinares. Yeah, and so it's the administration of Juan Orlando Hernandez, the president of Honduras, that has really criminalized our people and is responsible for the deaths of many human rights defenders throughout our country. As defenders of water, we've really suffered and taken it, uh, taken it hard to watch the heads of our families be imprisoned. Um, and so that's why we're continuing to demand freedom and continuing our, our call for the cleanup and the demand for clean water, especially with regard to the Guapinol River and the San Pedro River that we are very committed and remain committed to defend. So Juan, I understand that your husband is one of the nine that are being locked up in maximum security, facing these trumped-up charges, these false charges. Um, please tell us about your husband and where he is being held. Juan, entiendo que tu esposa es uno de los nueve que ahorita está encarcelado por estas falsas acusaciones. ¿Nos puedes, uh, por favor, contar a dónde está y quién es para que lo podemos apoyar? Soy la esposa de José Avelino Cedillo Cantarero, uno de los compañeros que está preso en La Tolva, una cárcel de máxima seguridad. Um, yes, my, I am the wife of José Avelino Cedillo, and um, he's currently being held at the jail in Tolva. ¿Qué podemos hacer para apoyar los nueve? Pues nosotros hemos pedido solidaridad para ellos a través de un pronunciamiento de organizaciones al Ministerio Público, a la Embajada, a la Corte Suprema de Justicia, porque sabemos que estos son los vínculos donde puede, por medio de un Twitter, una carta, pueden ser escuchadas esas voces, ya que pues en nuestro país no hay justicia, Entonces hemos viajado hasta acá y ver qué en 
siento que en esas, mmm, con un escrito, un pronunciamiento, nos pueden apoyar. We're asking right now that all the organizations out there make statements of solidarity in support of the nine people who are still imprisoned uh, and that they direct these to the U.S. Embassy and to the Supreme Court of Honduras. It's very important that people make these statements to make it known that this case, that people care about these nine political prisoners and that we demand their freedom. So I have in the studio with us Reverend Deb Lee. She is with the Interface, Interfaith Movement for Human Integrity. She is working to support these wonderful leaders from Honduras along with others that are working to fight uh, against some of the repression that's happening against people who are standing up against mining and other projects that are incredibly harmful for the communities that surround these rivers, etc. So, Reverend Devley, we probably have a lot of people listening that want to support, that want to join forces and be part of what Juan Lopez was talking about, which is this, this uniting and showing force against these transnationals that are working in complete disregard for human rights and human safety and our earth. So, how can people People here on the ground in the Bay Area support. Thank you, Julieta. The Interfaith Movement for Human Integrity, along with Cher El Salvador, have led seven delegations to Honduras in the last few years because we saw the rising influx of Hondurans fleeing their country and many arriving to the Bay Area. So it's absolutely integral that the communities in the Bay Area are involved in standing alongside those in Honduras who are fighting to stay home. And so we have been, uh, Juana and Juan will be touring the Bay Area and sharing their stories to really encourage those of us here uh, to take responsibility that many of the problems that they are facing come from the United States domination, the, the actions of the State Department, and the foreign policy of the U.S. government towards Honduras across both political parties, both Republicans and Democrats, and that it's really key for us to take responsibility as U.S. citizens for that situation, not only for the military aid, but half of the illegal guns in Honduras come from the United States, and for the economic agenda that's being pushed on the Honduran people to their detriment. So one way that we'd like to invite folks, the listeners of KPFA, to be involved is to sign up for Honduran Solidarity Action Alerts. Uh, as Juana and Juan mentioned, uh, they may be f facing an order of recapture and re-imprisonment and retrial, possibly in the month of November, as well as the nine people who are currently political prisoners. We're demanding for their immediate release. And we know the key role that international solidarity can play. That international solidarity was key in the trial of the first 13. And so we need to grow that international solidarity. So there is an easy way to do that. It's a bit.ly slash Honduran solidarity. So bit.ly forward slash Honduran Solidarity is a way that your listeners can sign up so that you can receive action alerts because we know that we're going to have to employ 
some direct action and communication with Nancy Pelosi's office as well as the U.S. ambassador to ensure that there is due process around the case of Guapinol and for the release of all those who are in prison. So I'd like to invite um, people to, to sign up there and to, and to join us in further action and taking responsibility, paying attention to what's happening in Honduras and being involved locally. That's a voice for Reverend Dev Lee. She has been working on this issue along with many others, and she's part of a group that's bringing these incredible Honduran leaders. We got to speak with Juana Zungia, who who has been working around these issues, as well as Juan Lopez, who is also a coordinator for the Comité for the Defense of the Common Public Good for the Municipality of Tocoa. Muchísimas gracias a ustedes por estar aquí con nosotros. We'd also really like to thank John, uh, Jason Wallach for our interpretation. And um, we hope to hear from you all again and get updates on the ground. Muchísimas gracias a ustedes por estar aquí con nosotros. Y esperemos poder mantener el contacto y mantener ese enlace para poder escuchar de ustedes cómo les podemos apoyar en el futuro. Bueno, agradecer a este espacio, Julieta, que nos ha permitido, pues, más que todo, dar a conocer nuestra lucha la lucha de un pueblo, la lucha de unas comunidades, del municipio y las peticiones hacia nuestros compañeros, esperando solidaridad con ellos y gracias por este espacio. Y yo quiero en primer lugar agradecer al gran esfuerzo que representa eh, la reverenda Débora y con ella una amplia red de solidaridad aquí en los Estados Unidos. Y agradecerte a ti, Julieta, por el espacio y sé que el medio está al servicio de la causa del pueblo de los Estados Unidos y de América.
next, we bring you an essay written by Berkeley Poet Laureate Rafael Jesus Gonzalez. October 12th is a feast day known in various regions and times by many names. Columbus Day, Discovery Day, Hispanic Culture Day, Day of the Americas, Day of the Race, Day of the Indigenous Peoples. In Mexico, in 1928, at the insistence of the philosopher José Vasconcelos, then Minister of Education, it was named Día de la Raza, Day of the Race, denomination of the Iberian American Union in 1913, to declare a new identity formed by the encounter of the Spaniards with the native peoples of the Americas. In 1902, the Mexican poet Amado Nervo had written a poem in honor of Benito Juarez, a Zapoteca Indian, which he read in the House of Representatives, titled Raza de Bronce, Race of Bronze, Praising the Indigenous Race, title which later in 1919 the Bolivian author Alcides Arquedas would give his book, Bronze, Noble Metal, Amalgamated of Various Metals, came to be metaphor for mestizaje, the mixing of the races. According to the thinking of Vasconcelos, a cosmic race, the race of the future, is the noble race that is formed in the Americas since October 12, 1492, the race of mestizaje, an amalgam, of the indigenous peoples of the Americas, the Europeans, the Africans, the Asians, the world. In a word, the human race, made of a mixture of all the races, which Vasconcelos called the cosmic race. But that this race was formed at great cost to the indigenous American peoples, and to the African people, brought here as slaves, cannot be ignored. Since 2002, in Venezuela, the feast day is called Día de la Resistencia Indígena, Day of Indigenous Resistance. Be that as it may, by whatever name we give it, however way we cut it, it is the same cake. The date commemorates the arrival of the Europeans to America, which for them was a new world, not a visit, but an invasion a genocide, a subjugation of the peoples of that new world, which we know today by the name of a European cartographer who hardly set foot on the sacred ground of the continents that bear his name. What the date marks is a continuous colonization, exploitation, abuse, outrage of the indigenous peoples of the Americas, that has never lessened, that has persisted this 520-some-odd years. It could well be called Day of Globalization. Since that date, the earth is concretely, definitely proven to be truly round, a sphere, a ball, a globe. And from that date is imposed by force upon the indigenous American peoples a quite strange in my view, mistaken, cosmology, attitude toward life, 
toward the earth, toward economics, toward the sacred, toward the human being himself, herself. A single truth, narrow and intolerant. A rapacious disdain toward the earth, seen only as a resort to be exploited. A concept of progress, difficult to distinguish from greed and the lust for power. The cause of the indigenous peoples screams for justice. Their lands, their fields, continue to be stolen from them, destroyed for their valuable woods and minerals. Their agricultural creations, such as maize and potato, which have saved a great part of the world from famine, are modified at the molecular level and controlled by rapacious corporations. Their traditional medicines are patented by those same corporations. Sacred water is privatized and stolen from them. Even the right to their own beliefs and cultures is not respected. Even putting justice aside, we should all ally ourselves with the indigenous peoples of the Americas and of that entire world in the resistance against such abuse. Because what threatens them threatens us all throughout the whole world and the earth itself. They have a great much to teach us about a healthy relationship of humankind with the world. In an earth much smaller and more fragile than we imagined, we find ourselves in full globalization and struggle against the imposition of an unbridled capitalism and the fascism, its logical extension, which accompanies it. The indigenous resistance that has never ceased this five hundred and a quarter some centuries continues in spite of a brutal repression. And now all of us of a cosmic race of pure necessity must align ourselves with their struggle, for their struggle is ours if we are to survive on the earth, holy mother of our race, the human race, and of all our relations, the other animals, the plants, the minerals. On the round and seamless earth, all borders are fictitious, and what threatens one threatens all. To think otherwise is not only immoral, but insane. El 12 de octubre es fiesta conocida en varias regiones y épocas por muchos nombres. Día de Colón, Día del Descubrimiento, Día de la Hispanidad, Día de las Américas, Día de la Raza, Día de los Pueblos Indígenas. En México, en 1928, a la insistencia del filósofo José Vasconcelos, entonces ministro de Educación, se le nombró Día de la Raza, denominación de la Unión Iberoamericana en 1913 para declarar una nueva identidad formada del encuentro de los españoles y los indígenas de las Américas. En 1902, el poeta mexicano Amado Nervo había escrito un poema en honor del presidente Benito Juárez, indio zapoteca, que recitó en la Cámara de Diputados, titulado Raza de Bronce, alabando a la raza indígena, título que más tarde, en 1919, 
el autor boliviano Alcides Arquedas daría su libro. El bronce, metal noble fundido de varios metales, llegó a ser metáfora del mestizaje. Según el pensar de Vasconcelos, una raza cósmica, la raza del porvenir, es la raza noble que se forma en las Américas a partir del 12 de octubre de 1492. La raza del mestizaje, una amalgama de las razas indígenas de las Américas, de los europeos, los africanos, los asiáticos, las razas mundiales. En una palabra, la raza humana compuesta de una mezcla de todas las razas que Vasconcelos denominó la raza cósmica. Pero no se puede ignorar que esta raza ideal se forma a gran costo de la gente indígena americana y de la gente africana traídos aquí como esclavos. Desde 2002, en Venezuela, se le llama la fiesta Día de la Resistencia Indígena. Sea como sea, por cualquier nombre que le demos, de cualquier modo que la cortamos, es la misma torta. La fecha conmemora la llegada de los europeos a América, que para ellos era un nuevo mundo. No una visita, sino una invasión, un genocidio, subyugación de las gentes de ese nuevo mundo, que hoy conocemos por el nombre de un cartógrafo europeo que escasamente pisó el suelo sagrado de los continentes que llevan su nombre. Lo que marca la fecha es una continua colonización, explotación, abuso, ultraje de los pueblos indígenas de las Américas que jamás ha menguado, que ha persistido estos quinientos veintitantos años. Bien se le pudiera nombrar Día de la Globalización. A partir de este día, se comprueba concreta y definitivamente que la Tierra veramente es redonda, una esfera, una bola, un globo, y desde esa fecha se les trata de imponer forzosamente a las gentes indígenas del Nuevo Mundo una cosmología, actitud bastante extraña, a mi modo de ver, equivocada, hacia la vida, hacia la Tierra, hacia la economía, hacia lo sagrado, hacia el ser humano mismo. Una sola verdad estrecha e intolerante, un desdén rapaz hacia la tierra, vista solamente como un recurso para explotarse, un concepto del progreso difícil de distinguir de la codicia y el hambre del poder. La causa de los indígenas clama por justicia. Se les sigue robando sus tierras y terrenos. Se les destruyen por sus valiosos maderas y minerales. Sus creaciones agrícolas, tal como el maíz y la papa, que han salvado del hambre a gran parte del mundo, se modifican al nivel molecular y se controlan por corporaciones rapaces. Sus medicinas tradicionales se patentan por esas mismas corporaciones. El agua sagrada misma se privatiza y se les roba. Aún no se les respeta el derecho de sus creencias y culturas, aún poniendo al lado la injusticia. 
Todos deberíamos aliarnos a las gentes indígenas de las Américas y del mundo entero, en su resistencia contra tal abuso, porque lo que los amenaza a ellos nos amenaza a todos en el mundo entero y a la tierra misma. Tienen muchísimo que enseñarnos acerca de una relación sana del hombre con la tierra. En una tierra mucho más chica y frágil de lo que imaginábamos. Nos encontramos en plena globalización y pugna contra la imposición de un capitalismo desenfrenado y del fascismo, su lógica extensión, que lo acompaña. Sigue la resistencia indígena que jamás ha cesado durante estos cinco y un cuarto de siglos, a pesar de una represión brutal y ahora todos nosotros, de la raza cósmica, de mera necesidad, debemos aliarnos a su lucha. Pues esa lucha es nuestra de todos, si hemos de sobrevivir en la tierra, bendita madre de nuestra estirpe, la estirpe de la raza humana, y de toda nuestra parentela, los otros animales, las plantas, los minerales. En la tierra redonda y sin costura, son ficticias las fronteras, y lo que amenaza a unos nos amenaza a todos. Pensar al contrario no es solamente inmoral, sino locura. You've just heard the words of Rafael Jesús González. Rafael, if people would like to read this again or share with a friend, how can they connect to your work? And will you be reading any time in the next month or so that people can look out for and share and visit and hear your voice in person? Well, I would invite uh, people to visit my blog where my work appears. And it's R.J. Gonzalez. That's R.J. G-O-N-Z-A-L-E-Z dot blogspot dot com. And uh, the next readings, well, the next readings I will be doing will be in Montevideo, Uruguay, where I'm presenting a paper on political poetry and will be doing readings at the... International Congress and Festival of the Arts, Proyecto Cultural Sur. But coming back on November 7th, I will be doing a reading at the Octopus Literary Salon in Oakland, a reading sponsored by Pandemonium Press, and it will be on the topic of Via de los Muertos. The day of the dead. Rafael Jesús González, muchísimas gracias por estar aquí con nosotros. Gracias a ti, Julieta, siempre es un placer. listening to La Raza Chronicles, Crónicas de la Raza. If you'd like to stay up on our news, like us on Facebook at La Raza Chronicles on Facebook. If you want to hear this program or share it with a friend, you can go to soundcloud.com slash La Raza Chronicles and share it. If you have any ideas for interviews we should be doing or would like to get involved with our collective, you can email us at La Raza Chronicles at kpfa.org. Muchísimas gracias y buenas noches.